You are listening to The Catholic Foodie, Episode 1. Welcome to The Catholic Foodie. My name is Jeff Young, and uh, I am The Catholic Foodie. And you can find The Catholic Foodie at catholicfoodie.com. And I'm very happy that you are here with me this uh, today. I don't know if you're listening to this at night or in the morning or the afternoon or what, but I'm recording this quote-unquote live on a Sunday afternoon, the first Sunday of Advent. And I want to share with you today what this uh, Catholic foodie thing is all about. I do ask uh, your patience, though. This is the first episode, and though I am experienced somewhat with podcasting, uh, this is the first time I'm putting this stuff together for uh, the Catholic Foodie. And uh, I'm sure as uh, time goes on, as I continue to put out more episodes, my, uh, both my presentation and, and uh, the quality of uh, the timing and whatnot with the podcast itself uh, will improve. So please uh, be patient with me. So what is this Catholic foodie thing all about, anyway? Um, I am, I'm not a chef. I'm not a, uh, I don't work in a restaurant. I'm not a food critic. critic excuse me. Uh, I really have no, uh, no claim to professional status in, uh, in the food business. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, actually. I'm a teacher by profession. I teach Spanish in a Catholic high school. So what in the world am I doing with a podcast called The Catholic Foodie? Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. The Catholic Foodie is really about food, faith, and, uh, and the goodness of God, the goodness of God's creation. And those are things that I really enjoy. Uh, I love uh, food, good food. I love to uh, have good food out in restaurants. I also love to cook. Uh, so food for me is a, is a very important part of life. And it's not simply just to uh, stuff my face or to, uh, to get full on good food but really just to enjoy food because it is part of God's creation and it's, it's a sign, a symbol to us of the bounty of God's grace and the bounty of God's goodness and uh, it shows us how much God loves us. So I love, I love food and I, I love to talk about food and that's some of the things that we'll do here on this show. I also love my faith. I'm uh, Catholic and I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll tell you more about this as time goes on. I'm an ex-seminarian. I was in the seminary for a total of four years, and I also, in addition to working in a Catholic school, I'm also in charge of the confirmation program at uh, at my parish. It's a, a pretty big program. I run confirmation every year. We have about uh, between ninety and a hundred uh, candidates who are confirmed. So my faith is a very important part of my life, and uh, the the goodness of God's creation. This is what this this show is also about. Uh, God is good. And today in our world, sometimes it's, it's very uh, easy to lose sight of that fact. So uh, in this show, I kind of want to focus on that. Uh, this is not an apologetics show. I'm not uh, trying to convince anybody of a certain, uh, uh, I don't know, a certain truth of the faith or a certain way of looking at Scripture or, or any kind of teaching like that, though I will talk about Scripture and, and talk about what we can learn about food and family and celebrations and, and whatnot from the Bible and, uh, and also from Catholic tradition. So we will work on that, but it's not, this is not a theological podcast. This is simply uh, me trying to share 
something that I really enjoy, something that I really love, uh, love in, in my life. So I think as I've already mentioned that this is a totally unscripted podcast. I'm not working from a script. And uh, so I, I do please ask your, your patience. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent. And the Advent season, at least in my family, the Advent season is very, uh, very important. It's a very intimate part of our lives. We, uh, we take, you know, we take Advent seriously. We really try to uh, to celebrate the season of Advent and not just jump into uh, the Christmas season yet. And that's a very hard thing to do, especially for practicing Catholics uh, living in today's world. There are, I mean, you know, Halloween. Uh, you know, the day Halloween is over, November first. You've got Christmas uh, decorations and Christmas music and whatnot playing in a lot of your department stores and uh, your your big box stores like Walmart and whatnot. Um, and so it's, it's kind of hard to get into the spirit of Advent sometimes. But we really try to do that. We, uh, we have an Advent wreath and we like to say prayers before our dinner, uh, our evening meal. And we light the candle and we will say a prayer. And we like to sing a verse of uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So we, we try to incorporate Advent in that way. There are certain books that we read, uh, certain movies that we watch during the Advent season to prepare for Christmas. And of course, we take part in the Advent liturgies uh, on Sunday. Now, as I mentioned a few moments ago, I am an ex-seminarian. I uh, was in the seminary for a total of four years. Two of those years, uh, I lived in Mexico, uh, studying with Mother Teresa's uh, priests. And in the last two years I studied, it was actually in a seminary college run by Benedictines, and I graduated from that college. Um, so a total of four years in the seminary, and I'm very used to uh, praying the, uh, the Liturgy of the Hours, and I have the four-volume set. And every year, with very high hopes, I go and get my uh, Volume 1, Advent and Christmas Season, uh, Liturgy of the Hours, and I get it out, and I, I mark all my ribbons where they go, and I'm very excited about it, the beginning of Advent every year. Um, I have certain prayer cards that I keep in this, uh, in this book, and uh, unfortunately, my excitement, I guess, my, um, my, my hopefulness always kind of falters, because any of you out there who are parents, you understand that uh, oftentimes life just happens to us. And when you have children, there's a lot more life out there to happen to you. So uh, oftentimes I'm just too tired. I usually do this in the evening, just too tired to actually uh, pray the Liturgy of the Hours. But I always keep that hope in sight that I can do it. So today I pulled out Volume 1, and I have it all set up, and I would like to incorporate that once again this year into... Uh, my Advent program, and uh, hopefully, hopefully I can do that. But during this Advent season, with this uh, this new podcast that I'm uh, putting together, I hope to share with you also um, certain Advent traditions, customs uh, revolving around food and uh, celebrations, perhaps family celebrations. Some suggestions for you. I'd like to incorporate that into into this show, and uh, hopefully, what I'm shooting for is to make this a weekly podcast. So you can check this out at uh, catholicfoodie.com to see if uh, the latest episode. And it's also listed on iTunes. Just look for the, the Catholic Foodie. This Advent also, there is something special. Uh, in the podcasting world, uh, Sean, the duct tape guy from the Catholic New Media Roundup, 
has put together an Advent calendar, an online Advent calendar. And every day during the Advent season, there's going to be a special surprise uh, for you. So you can visit that, uh, that site. And he's put together a promo for this calendar, and I'd like to play that for you right now. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, ho, 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 it's the most wonderful time of the year. What? Daddy, it's, it's not Christmas yet, it's, it's still Advent. We forgot again, it's so easy to forget Advent. It's so easy because on October 31st, as soon as the Halloween decorations are out of the stores, Christmas decorations are in, they pipe in the carols, and it's all joy and Christmas spirits. Not only that, our neighbors put up their Christmas tree on November 7th. I thought they were members of some obscure Eastern Orthodox sect that celebrates Christmas in November. All this commercial, non-stop, two-month celebration of Christmas has completely pushed out any sense of preparation for the joyous season of Christmas and all the wonderful traditions that go with Advent. Here at the Catholic New Media Roundup, we want to do something about that. Every day in December at CatholicRoundup.com, come and join us for our Catholic New Media Advent Calendar. Each day, a different Catholic New Media celebrity will be preparing some sort of goodie to help us put Advent back in December and to help us have a sense of preparing for the coming of our Lord Jesus. Join us at CatholicRoundup.com. Well, I am very much looking forward to the, uh, the Advent calendar. It was actually, it kicked off today, the first Sunday of Advent. So you can check that out. I'm going to put a link in, uh, in the show notes for you as well. You can find the show notes at CatholicFoodie.com. Well, this is the end of the Thanksgiving break uh, for us, I mean, for me as a teacher. And for any of you out there who are either teachers or students, you know what it's like uh, thinking about tomorrow. Tomorrow is, uh, is, is just racing uh, upon us. It's going to get here uh, before you know it, and we'll be getting up early in the morning and going to school and getting back into the groove of, uh, of schoolwork. And... Uh, <laughs> Really, that's only going to last for three weeks, because in three weeks we get off for Christmas. It's just unbelievable how this time uh, flies. Matter of fact, this is always a very challenging time as a teacher, because uh, you, you know kids are excited about Thanksgiving, and they get the week off, and they come back to school, and it's just three weeks, and they have a two-week break after that. So it's, it's, um, it's challenging to help them to, to stay focused, right, to stay focused on what has to get done. Because, of course, the very, let's say, the last week before uh, the break, we have exams. So I really only have two more weeks of teaching, and then we give exams. So uh, not a whole lot of time before our next break. And uh, as, as a teacher, I can tell you that I really do appreciate those, uh, those breaks, Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving. And then down here in the Deep South in Louisiana, uh, close to New Orleans, where I am, we also get off the week of, uh, of Ash Wednesday, the week of Mardi Gras, right? And we also get off uh, Easter week. So in the spring, I have two full weeks off, uh, Mardi Gras and uh, Easter. 
But before Thanksgiving gets too far in the past, I'd like to do a little recap of what happened with my Thanksgiving. Um, each each uh, episode here, I'd like to have different segments. Uh, one will be about Catholic stuff, and I haven't quite come up with a name for that segment. So if you can come up with a catchy, foodie-type, Catholic-type name for the Catholic segment, that'd be awesome. You can email it to me at uh, catholicfoodie at gmail.com. But one of the things that, uh, that I'd like to do, one of the segments is going to be what's cooking. And I uh, hope to hear from you guys about what you're doing. What, what, what have you done, a particular meal you have cooked at home recently, or maybe a, a great experience you had out uh, dining, uh, or something that you're planning to, uh, to cook in the, in the near future. So what's going on in your kitchen? That's what I want to hear about. Um, I, I do not have a, uh, a voice uh, feedback line yet. I'm working on that. But you can email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com or uh, you can send me a, an MP3 file. If you have the capabilities of recording an MP3 file, you can just send one to me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. But for, uh, for my Thanksgiving, what do we do for my Thanksgiving? Well, uh, I've always around Thanksgiving time and the, the holidays, really, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, I like to pull out my cookbooks from uh, Emeril, Emeril Lagasse. I don't know if you've heard of him from uh, Food Network fame. He's the, uh, the guy with the, you know, bam, and uh, wanting to kick it up a notch whenever he's cooking. So I pull out some of his cookbooks, and there are a few recipes that I like to cook every year, and one of them is for turkey. So I will tell you a little bit about the turkey that I prepared uh, this past week. It is called a pepper-stuffed turkey, and uh, just to give you kind of a description of, of what it is and, and what I did to prepare it, uh, you would take the, the turkey itself, uh, after you have washed it, cleaned it, you set it out on the counter on some towels, put a few towels down, kitchen towels, put the turkey right there on top of it, the breast facing up uh, and the cavity toward you, and the towels keep it from moving so you don't have a lot of sliding around on the, on the counter. It's right there, uh, kept still by the towels. And with the cavity, you have to kind of pull the skin back a little bit, go inside the cavity, and right there where the breasts, on the inside of the cavity where the breasts are, you start making some slits. And you might want to make two or three of them on each side uh, of the breast. Uh, And you take this stuffing that you've made, and this is just, it's all peppers and onions, that's it. Uh, I I chopped up about, I don't know, uh, maybe four medium-sized onions, I had two, uh, no, three decent-sized bell peppers, not, not too big. I'd, I'd say that they were probably medium-sized bell peppers. And then I took some, uh, a, a jar of banana peppers and also some uh, Tabasco peppers, or some places they call them sport peppers. And I diced up maybe 10 different sport peppers, and I also, or chopped up, really, and then I chopped up also uh, the entire jar of the banana peppers. Mix all of that together with some of the juice from the sport peppers and the banana peppers. Uh, put a little cayenne and salt in there, maybe about a, a teaspoon of cayenne, two teaspoons of salt. Mix it all up real good. And then uh, I took butter that I had frozen. Uh, I sliced it into about a quarter-inch quarter inch slices. And I also had seasoned that butter with a little salt and cayenne pepper as well. Stuck in the freezer, let that get real hard. 
And when I was ready, after I'd made the slits in the turkey, I took the butter out and just stuffed, stuffed it inside those slits as far as I could get it to go. And then I would take the stuffing of the peppers and also stuff that up into the breast as well. So you've got a lot of stuff or stuffing going up into this uh, into the turkey breast from the inside of the turkey. Afterwards, I also lift the skin up to where I can get to the uh, the drumsticks, and I make a slit right along the side of the bone of the drumstick from top to bottom. That's both the drumsticks, and I repeat the process. I put a, the butter with the cayenne and salt on it, and then I also take the pepper stuffing and, and, and stuff as much of that in there as I can. Uh, I also repeat the same thing with the wings. I... Uh, I pull the skin back as best as possible, try to cut right there along the bone um, from from top to bottom of that first uh, joint, that first um, uh, portion of the wing, uh, the shoulder part, I guess you would call it, close to the shoulder, and repeat the process there too, the butter and then the pepper stuffing. And this is placed into a dry uh, pot. If you have a pot or one of those uh, roasting pans for turkeys, it's placed into a dry one. There's no liquid. There's nothing that goes into it. And you would be amazed at how much liquid comes out of this thing when it's cooking. Uh, it's just all the peppers and the onions and the butter uh, and the natural juices of the, of the turkey. So this is a turkey that I prepare every year. Actually, last year I prepared it twice. We did it for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And there's a reason why I do a big one. I did a 20-pound turkey and uh, we did celebrate with my in-laws, but still, we can't all eat a 20-pound turkey. Um, but I prepared this for a reason. I want leftovers, and I'm going to tell you why I want leftovers <laughs> uh, in a minute. But I'd like to tell you a little bit about the menu. What do we have for Thanksgiving? So I was at my in-laws in Baton Rouge, uh, me and the family, my wife and my three children. And uh, my, my wife's family is Lebanese. They uh, are of Lebanese descent. And my mother-in-law is probably one of the best cooks I've ever come across. She's phenomenal in the kitchen. And she prepared a uh, leg of lamb. She roasted a leg of lamb and uh, also had made cabbage rolls. And these cabbage rolls are uh, of the Leb Lebanese style. It's, it's made with a, a stuffing, which is called a uh, meshi. Uh, it's got lamb, ground lamb, and, uh, and rice and seasonings and uh, onions and whatnot. And, you know, you'd roll the, uh, the, the cabbage rolls in, in, much in the same way as you would the uh, grape leaves. If you've been to a Greek or Lebanese restaurant and had grape leaves, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and then she puts this into a pot with uh, diced tomatoes and a lot of garlic and whatnot and uh, some water and just boils this stuff down uh, for, you know, lets it simmer for hours. And these things are just so good. I mean, at, uh, at Christmas time when she does the grape leaves, I try to you know, sneak a few of them off, put them in a Ziploc to bring home with me because they're just so good. Um, but anyway, we had the, the grape leaves, we had the, uh, I mean, sorry, the, the, the cabbage rolls, we had uh, the leg of lamb, uh, cream spinach, uh, sweet potato pudding that my wife had made, and uh, the turkey that I made. And then I also, for the first time ever, made an oyster dressing, which I will probably talk about again closer to Christmas because it was a... Uh, uh, a new recipe for me. I think it came out very well. I got good feedback from everybody else. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, oyster dressing is sort of a traditional thing in the New Orleans uh, area, part of New Orleans culture. And so I, really South Louisiana uh, overall. 
but I'd like to talk more about that later when I can give you more details about it. Right now, though, I would like to talk to you about uh, the gumbo that I made. Another one of Emerald's recipes in, uh, in the same book, uh, which is called uh, something. I can't remember right now. <laughs> can't remember the name of the book right now. One of his cookbooks, though, uh, Louisiana Real and Rustic, I believe, is the, uh, the title. And I'll put a link uh, also to that in the show notes and also to these two recipes. I'm sure that they are available on Food Network. Matter of fact, I did see the, uh, uh, the pepper stuffed turkey recipe on the Food Network, so I'll, I'll stick a link up on the show notes in the show notes for that. Uh, but gumbo, uh, gumbo is a wonderful, wonderful thing, uh, especially when it's cold. And although yesterday it was like 70-something, 76, 70, 78 degrees, something like that here in, um, in Louisiana and South Louisiana, and the weather was just awful. It rained all day. It was my wife's birthday, and it was just a depressing, depressing day yesterday. But today is much better. It's cooler. It's probably about 55, 56, and uh, clear skies. Very nice and perfect day for gumbo, and gumbo is always the best uh, the second day. Anyway, a gumbo, if you don't know what a gumbo is, it's, some, it's, it's like a soup. It's a soup type thing, but it's, it's thickened up. And uh, there's a, a saying down here in Louisiana that when you're referring to cooking a gumbo, you know, the saying is, you know, first you make a roux. Uh, the roux is the first thing you have to start with with a gumbo. And a roux is, is kind of hard to explain. The roux does two things. It gives the gumbo uh, kind of a nutty flavor, and it also is used to darken and to thicken uh, the gumbo itself, the, the soup, the gumbo. Um, and roux is nothing more than oil and flour. And so you take uh, about a cup of flour and a cup of oil, and you put it into a, uh, a heavy pan uh, or a pot, and you turn the heat uh, to medium-low, medium-low. And for about 30 minutes, you stand there at the stove uh, constantly uh, stirring this stuff up. And I use a wooden spoon that is flat on the end. It's a flat um, I don't know, there's probably a proper term for this, and I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's almost like a scraper, like a wooden scraper. It's like a wooden spatula, I guess, with no, no slots in it. It's just a solid piece. And I use that to kind of scrape the bottom of the pan, constantly just scraping here and there and, and making a little pattern. But as this oil and flour, uh, as, as it cooks, uh, it starts to get brown. You know, at first it kind of turns a... Uh, a yellowish tan kind of color, and then it gets to be light brown. And anyway, you want to get it to where it's about the color of uh, of dark chocolate, uh, but not burnt. You don't want to burn it, but kind of a dark, dark, dark brown um, is what you want. And once you make your your roux, you take all of the uh, what we call here in Louisiana the Trinity, right? You've got your onions, your bell pepper, and your celery, which you've already chopped up. You've got that all set aside. And when you get ready to, uh, when, you're, when your roux is ready, then you take all of these veggies and you throw them into the roux. You mix it up real good, stir it up real good. And uh, what that'll do for about five minutes or so is it kind of softens those veggies and uh, they, you know, the, your onions become kind of translucent and, uh, and then you're ready to start adding some of your, your stock. And normally I would have made a stock for the gumbo, but this year I didn't do that. 
Instead, I took some of the bones, like the leg bones and the wing bones, you know, big bones that wouldn't fall apart in the gumbo. I took them and threw them into the gumbo to let them cook and give it a little added flavor um, instead of making a, a stock. But then you can put water into the, the, the roux and the veggie mixture. And uh, I do a lot of, uh, you know, a, a cup of, roux, a cup of um, uh, oil and flour. So it's a pretty good roux, pretty good-sized roux. And uh, I, I use a lot of veggies. And so when I put the water in, I put a good amount. I think I probably put, let's see, 4, 8, 12, 12 or 16 cups of water. I mean, probably 16 cups of water. I put in there, and it's all going to cook down, all right? It's going to cook down. But I put all that water in there, and I also had some andouille sausage that I had put in a, um, I have a 120-year-old, or probably older than that, 120-year-old Dutch oven, right? Cast iron Dutch oven that I got from my grandfather a while back. And I took some andouille sausage and uh, kind of cooked that down in the uh, in the Dutch oven, Dutch oven, and I wanted to do that, too, because I'm really trying to season this thing. And so what I did is I, I had the sausage, which I prepared beforehand, and I added that into the, uh, the veggie mixture with the roux just before adding the water. So you put that water in there, and you let it cook. Right? you got to bring it to a boil. I added a bunch of the turkey that I had taken off the bones, uh, kind of deboned that whole turkey, threw the turkey into the, uh, into the, the gumbo. And bring it to a boil. You let it boil for about five minutes and turn it down. Let it simmer for hours. I let it simmer for, uh, I don't know, total, uh, probably two hours, three hours uh, between Friday night because I made this late Friday night. And then again on Saturday morning, I took it out and let it uh, let it simmer for quite a while as well, a couple of hours at least on Saturday morning. So probably three hours or so I let this thing simmer. And then my parents came over. Saturday uh, during the day, and we had gumbo for lunch. So my turkey bone gumbo, which I get from Emeril, uh, of course, I, I, I use all of his ingredients, the ingredients he lists, but the way I actually make it is uh, you know, a little different, a little uh, personalized. You know, I make it the way that, uh, that I'd like it to be. So that is my, um, my gumbo. The two things I do every year is the turkey, pepper stuffed turkey, and then a couple of days later, the, the turkey bone gumbo. And it is a wonderful uh, time of the year. Wow, something smells good. Those, uh, good evening. Granny, Granny Puckett, the goody lady? My goodness, she makes good goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a, uh, cookies. Shortbread chocolate icing between berries. It's good. Uh, it's very good. Well, this is, uh, this is it. We've reached the end of episode one of The Catholic Foodie. Uh, as I have, uh, already mentioned, this is just, you know, unscripted first episode i uh, kind of feel like i don't know what i'm doing uh, and i thank you so much for uh, being patient with me and uh, for taking the time to listen to this episode uh, I, if you have any suggestions any any feedback at all please let me know uh, catholicfoodie at gmail.com i am working on getting a voice feedback line uh, until then if you want to send voice feedback if you have a way of recording uh, audio 
on your uh, on your computer, a uh, MP3 player or um, I'm sorry, I like to record MP3 files or WAV files or whatever. Feel free to send those to thecatholicfoodie at gmail.com as well. Once again, I am um, I'm very very happy to uh, to have you here, to have you listening. I'm very happy to uh, to be doing this podcast. I really want to do this. I enjoy uh, food. I enjoy making podcasts, and I look forward to, uh, to 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 some really good episodes. I have some plans of things that I would like to do with uh, this podcast, which would include even some sound scene tours out to local restaurants. Um, my my favorites, by the way, are those little dives. You know, the hole in the wall type places. They they don't have much as as far as looks go, but typically their food's out of this world. So I do plan uh, some of those things as well. I'd like to have a segment on beer and wine. I'd like to have uh, a feedback section where you guys are sending voice feedback in and telling me what's going on in your uh, kitchens and what's going on uh, in your families as far as particular celebrations or whatnot that are coming up. Uh, I think that would be very fun. Um, This is not really a podcast, I would think, it's not really a podcast just about me although I really do enjoy the things that I've already talked about with you, food and faith and, and God's goodness. Uh, but it's not going to be any fun at all unless it becomes really a conversation, a dialogue, dialogue between myself and, and, and you guys. So uh, please let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any suggestions. I am more than happy. Uh, I would be ecstatic, actually, to, uh, to hear back from you and to, to you know, uh, put into, into play uh, any suggestions that you have. So I'd like to end today. This is uh, the, the prayer uh, from morning prayer. It's also used in Mass uh, from the Liturgy of the Hours. And this is the alternative prayer for the first Sunday of Advent. So uh, let's say a little prayer together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, our hearts desire the warmth of your love and our minds are searching for the light of your word. Increase our longing for Christ our Savior, and give us the strength to grow in love, that the dawn of his coming may find us rejoicing in his presence and welcoming the light of his truth. We ask this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. And please uh, visit us over at uh, catholicfoodie.com, and I will uh, post the show notes there with the links that I've talked about in this show, and I will uh, most especially put that link up there for the, uh, for the Advent calendar by the Duct Tape Guy. And thank you all so much, and have a wonderful week. Anyway, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, saute it. There's um, shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan-fried, Deep fried, stir fried, there's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's, that's about it.